Welcome to another episode on the Home Tech Talk podcast. My name is Jake. My name is Aiden. What's been happening, Aiden? Uh, not too much. Same thing. Projects, products, ordering, invoicing, quoting. Supply delays. Supply delays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Explaining why I can't get half of the things I need to finish people's projects. Yeah, that's always a trouble. But um, yeah, same for me, I guess, really. Just a few projects, some service calls coming in and um, yeah, looking to do a bit more marketing as well. So looking at that side of the business. So um, yeah, getting there. Right. Welcome um, today to our first guest on our podcast. Joining us from sunny Queensland is Paul McLean. Welcome to the show. Hello, Jake. Hello, Aidan. How are you doing? Thank you for coming on. Yeah, well, thanks for letting me come on. Do you want to um, give us a bit of a breakdown? I know most people, I mean, people in the Australian market will know who he is, but um, if you could just give us a bit of a rundown on what it is you do and where you've been and you know, how you spend your time these days, that'd be great. Thanks, Paul. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah I've been around the traps. Very uh, similar background to yourself, Aidan. Uh, electrical contractor. So I'm a Sparky, you're a Sparky. We came through probably in the sort of late 90s, early 2000s, got brought into the home automation industry and um, followed our passion, uh, sort of deviated from the electrical side of things and just concentrated on AV uh, and learnt, uh, you know, the computer side of it, programming the bits and pieces and making it all work and designing it. So I guess I come from the same sort of area as you guys. Um, and then, um, uh, you know, did the same thing, did some designing, did some sales work, uh, which I really enjoyed. And now I work for a distributor. Um, the distributor is Audio Active, and uh, we distribute some of the, the largest um, uh, brands in Australia. Uh, some are Sony with Sony's uh, Pro Bravia range of TVs, uh, which are a little bit different than the ordinary TVs that are on the market. Uh, we have Sony... Uh, uh, consumer projectors also, so that the line of 4K projectors from Sony. Uh, we do uh, Paradigm Speakers, which is uh, a well-known brand uh, going back into early 80s uh, of their beginnings. Uh, Martin Logan Speakers also, a little bit uh, unique with Martin Logan Speakers. They have uh, electrostatic uh, tweeters um, and a folded motion tweeter, which is quite unique to their brand. Um, Anthem um, amplifiers, multi-room, AVRs and pre's. So Anthem is, is a big and becoming even bigger brand in home cinema uh, as their sort of workhorse behind that. And I know you guys uh, have experienced that product for yourself and recently the new one, which we'd, I'd love to talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we, yeah, good. Uh, we have Pro Audio Technology, which is a Californian high-end speaker and amplifier um, dovetailing type brand and their sister business which is fairly new on the scene called theory audio design we also distribute austere cables which is a new brand of uh, hdmi interconnects and some other cables bits and pieces life audio for some bluetooth and wi-fi speakers row one seating that we've got for home cinema seats uh, luxman is a bit of a heritage brand that we've got which uh, date back to uh, very high-end uh, Japanese electronics. Uh, Tanoi Speakers, which is a, uh, a well-known British brand of speakers and some of the Westminster and that sort of old-school style um, that you've seen around the traps. Another brand we've got also in our sort of you know, pedigree of where we came from 
is uh, EAT or European audio team in their range of turntables. So we've got a bit of everything, basically. That is a large portfolio. Stuff is the the stuff that I know you from is obviously the the home cinema type of thing, and you've been doing like a lot of educating with regard to design and product choice and making sure that everyone's kind of leveling up their game in terms of what they deliver in a home cinema environment, which to be honest has been a massive help to me, um, both in your current role Good. and your previous previous positions in the market. So um, thank you for your contribution. It's been good. I know you've helped a lot of that's other good. people. Yeah, lifting the industry up is a, is a great thing. Yeah, well, that's kind of the, the objective of this podcast is to basically get a conversation going and hopefully um, everyone can pick up a few helpful hints and tips along the way and find out where they can, sure. you know, get get themselves into a position to deliver better projects. I think it helps everyone in the industry. So um, yeah, keep absolutely. up that good work, which has been great for me. We're currently sitting here in my cinema at my showroom looking at my new Sony 790, which is exciting. Which is a fairly fairly new projector. It came out sort of, we did the launch of this one, I think November last year. Um, it went from the 760 up to the 790 or the 90 series. Yeah. Um, and uh, that one now has got the laser engine, the Z-Phosphor laser engine, and uh, so which lasts 20,000 hours. I mean, if the projector is pretty bright, which it already is, you can turn that one down. Yeah. And that same technology... Uh, of laser lamps, you know, all the people like, oh, I don't want to change a lamp. Lamps are too expensive. Mm. Well, a lot more laser projectors are on the market now, 20,000 hours. But if you dial those back, you're going to get 30,000, 40,000 hours. And that one also features the uh, the new HDR enhancer. So uh, has a mode automatically for SDR and HDR. Yeah, that's the X1 chip functionality. Yeah, so they're bringing Sony's now um, their display in Japan are talking to each other for which we would expect, but they kind of don't. They are now. It's a great thing. So they borrowed the X1 chip from the Bravia range and they built it uh, for projector. So of course uh, projectors aren't as bright, so they have to do a different algorithm inside of them, which maximizes. I mean, Sony's involved in a lot of the Sony pictures, Sony broadcast. When they compress all that down and send it over our lovely slow in NBN in Australia, we have to decompress it. So kind of think of the X1 chip in the, the Bravias and the projectors as a excellent decompression engine to make the maximize and enhance the picture coming back out. Yeah, I definitely have seen a big improvement from the previous generation projectors that we were doing a couple of, the 760s and the... Well, now 870s, that's now gone to 890 and now 790. Yeah, um, yeah massive improvement, it's just incredible yeah. picture. The, 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 the big leaps that you and I have probably seen over the years is probably, you know, DLP chips when they came in 720p, which mm-hmm. is the, the lines um, down the side, 1080p, which everyone was like, wow, 1080p, full high definition, that was fantastic. Now we've gone to 4K, which was a, a ginormous leap in terms of um, definition or how many pixels make up the, the image and how closer you can sit to it. Um, uh, Sony, of course, is doing the authentic way. And then the next giant leap now is having HDR, which is 
opening up the color gamut and you can see so much more. So lots of people have noticed the difference between the 70 series, which is two years old, into the 90 series with opening up that HDR ability of the projector. Yeah, I think, and you mentioned there, the Sony have the native 4K chip, which, um, full disclosure, we've got the Epson 4K um, switching in here as well and, like, great projector, totally different price point. Um, but no comparison, like actually no comparison at all. So it's not really fair to just say, oh, yeah, we've got a 4K projector. Um, it's not the same thing unless it's a proper it's, 4K chip. It's, it's not. I mean, they're, they're trying to utilise some existing legacy stuff, 1080p, and throwing a pixel in the middle of a pixel. It's up-converting it, a bit of sorcery involved. It, you can see it, but it doesn't bring it as close as a 4K, yeah. and you can see the value between the difference. Yeah, and then the other thing that Sony is obviously really well known for is its black, its black level and contrast ratio, which, you know, again, it's it's yep. very noticeable when they're side by side. So, yeah, great product. It's it's the inky blacks is is a signature part of what Sony's about, uh, particularly when you're projecting onto a white screen mm-hmm. to retain what the human eye perceives as black uh, in projection, in front projection, is is a big thing. Yeah. All right. Well, other exciting products that we like that you deal with is Anthem. Like you said, we've recently completed an 11-channel cinema with the new AVM70, and um, it was pretty, pretty easy to install, pretty easy to set up and get operational. Yep. Calibration made a big difference. Um generally speaking, integrated really well with the Control 4 automation system, straightforward to set up and use. Can't really ask for much more than that. Yeah, for, for everyday punters out there, they probably haven't heard of Anthem, the brand by itself. It's been, it, it goes back into the 90s from another electronics brand called Sonic Frontiers, which got purchased by Paradigm or the Paradigm Martin Logan Group. Um, they studied quite intensely in Canada, where the brand is from, very similar to the CSIRO in Australia, where the government gives lots of these academic white suit people a lot of money to do a lot of research to come up with some sort of uh, technical knowledge that they can use for their nation and export a product. Um, so they did the study in um, uh, Anthem's room correction. They refer to it as ARC, which in the industry also, as you know, audio return channel is another yeah. version of ARC. Yeah. Um, no one really knows uh, too much of the brand Anthem, but it has been around now for um, a long time. It's in the fourth generation of the product. What's different with Anthem? I guess like the last versions, the MRX uh, 520, 720s, they were around for five years. They had a long life cycle. Some of the Japanese brands that everyone knows, um, they kind of churn very quickly and if you're investing in something that's five grand or a couple of grand and it's running your home cinema it's good to try and you know maybe poke a little bit more and get something that lasts a whole lot more and uh, on that that's where anthem uh, really really shines and uh, again we're in that cross point between 4k and 8k and uh, the new range had to come out but uh, 8k hasn't been ratified uh, the Japanese brands are offering now like a little black box that, you know, workaround works for the PlayStation, the 8K sources. Um, but Anthem's been uh, quite transparent with everybody and said, if you do need the 8K upgrade, it'll be a, a board upgrade for a few hundred dollars. So you can still invest in, you know, the latest and greatest right now. 
you can still use it with your TV and projector and it works for everything that's around right now as a source. Um, uh, with the exception for like PlayStation, uh, PlayStation's running now at 120 hertz where some of the Sony ProBravia TVs we distribute have uh, the input for that that level yep. uh, for those that are seeking higher frame rate. Uh, projection, it's not there yet for the higher frame rates, uh, but there's no huge demand for it, to be honest. Um, Does this stuff yeah. content-driven, do you think? Like, I mean, a game's coming out with that, but no, like, video sources from movie content or streaming there's there's nothing there's really nothing on the horizon for 8k coming out uh, 8k is is something that you know everyone hears a higher number yeah. and they hear 4k 8k and it sells yeah. um the you know uh, no disregard to your epson projector but they have stuck on that 4k um it's it will take a 4k signal but the chip inside of it is not 4k but the average punter sees that yeah. And and it's a bit of, you know, flashy. It's a sticker you know, on the box, uh, for sure. It's a sticker on the box. Don't be fooled. Uh, talk to the people that kind of know and just go, look, you know, give it to me up straight. Is this 4K? Am I buying the real deal thing? Yeah, well, that's why I hung them both here side by side because it just makes a really, really good comparison. Even for myself, just I like to truly believe in anything that I offer to my clients and want to know yeah. within myself that I'm offering the best value proposition irrespective of the price yes. point. So you're um, different that way. It's clear yeah, it's as good. day that there's a, there is a noticeable different and that is why you would spend the money and it's easy to see. Yeah. We're fortunate in Australia uh, because of America's huge, you know, more numbers, 300 million people over there, nearly 30 million people here. We have a big range of Sony projectors available to us here locally from $9,000 all the way up to one that we're going to be launching soon that's $130,000. Yeah. So we have a, a big range. So it's a budget. And with that budget comes, you know, how big your screen that you're selecting to, to be its companion and everything else. So it does come down to budget. You know, you've been educated now as to home cinema to try and go with the standards yeah. of what you expect in terms of brightness. You know, if someone can come into you, Aiden, and say, oh, I want to only want to spend $10,000 on a projector and I want a 200-inch screen, you're going to say, can't do it. Yeah. Like, I need a projector that's bright enough to light up that yeah. surface area of that huge screen you're after. Yep, definitely. Yeah, I mean, talking about uh, going back to Arc as well as a feature in Anthem, I know Aiden and I have spoke about Arc before on a previous episode and just talking about how important it is to sort of um, correct the room that you're installing this type of equipment in. And I think uh, Arc is a great feature of Anthem. It, it is the, the, the research that those guys did and they just embed that um, into the technology. It's very simple for someone like yourself to perform that one. Uh, you don't need a, a microphone into the actual unit. It sits on the network. Um, it uses your computer and all of the computation power of a computer or Mac with a microphone that comes uh, with Anthem. So it's a proper-looking microphone. It looks studio-grade because it is. And um, you'll listen to a couple of positions inside of the room. And uh, the research that Anthem's done, especially for rooms that are live environments a bit more echoey in some of those environments they apply the algorithm the correction to it 
there's obviously there's reference that's out there, but there's a human preference also. And they've kind of done the research and done the best between reference and preference. It's the same deal, you know, why Beats headphones have been so popular. There's lots and lots of bass. We do like to hear a little bit more bass. And um, naturally, um, when it's done that uh, equalizing and the room correcting that it does, it gives it a little bit more bass than the other guys. Um, sounds a bit better. You get smiles. Absolutely. You get smiles for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely more adjustability. Um, like, yeah, you're right. We can do it just, it is pretty straightforward, but like the little training session that we did, um, to definitely helps me get a leverage more out of the product. I mean, yes, it, it helps get a better end result to know the few little tweaks that are there, um, that aren't necessarily that obvious. Um, and I think that's definitely the benefit of having a good product distributor. I mean, some distributors don't necessarily offer a huge amount of value to their customer base. And I think that's one of the things why I've sort of followed you around the industry is that I know that we're going to get whatever product it is that you happen to be selling at that time, we're going to optimize the value proposition of that product. So definitely helpful to have those sort of support crew behind you with, with regards to the products that you choose to work with. Thank you. It's a little bit like a phone. Everyone's got a mobile phone. The, the mobile phone does a thousand things and uh, you're probably only using 98 of those things. So I'm trying to find and those you know 902 different things and let you know what's of value for you and your yeah. business and try and understand what a punter wants at the end of the day and what's a, what's a good benefit. Yeah. I mean, you guys are currently positioned pretty heavily into the audiovisual space. I mean, just generally speaking with our industry, I mean, some of the stuff we talk about here on the podcast is more, um, you know, we're into all the technologies, networking and Wi-Fi. And I know you've definitely got some experience with regards to those other parts of the market, even though they're not in your current portfolio. What, um, what general trends are you noticing or the conversations with dealers that you have, what are they, um, you know, what, what do you see shifting in the market? Do you see, is 8K like a hot topic or is it more a case no, of... No, right now, like this podcast is coming now just into May uh, 2021. Um, so what's a big thing right now? And I've just seen this on a forum just recently. The forum is suggesting that, you know, I can't do... I, I had a house and post... Uh, so pre-COVID, I had the house. It had a very simple pack of speakers or something like that. And now I'm pulling that one out. I'm upgrading the speakers. I'm, I'm turning that room into a little bit more. So the discretionary spend on home cinemas in particular, those dedicated media room spaces, theatre room spaces, is definitely going up. We can't travel as much. And you've probably seen the same thing. I'm in Queensland on the Sunshine Coast. And I, as I drive around southeast Queensland, there's a whole lot more camper trailers and camper people and caravans. The discretionary yeah. spend now is going back into the homes um, yeah. and investing in in that because, you know, there's a bit of a lockdown that's happening in Sydney right now. People want to be able to go, well, I want some sort of freedom. I'd like to actually sit down and get into a Netflix series or something like that and, and make the most out of it while I can't travel and can't do all the other stuff. Yeah, it definitely does seem to be a thing that's happened with the whole coronavirus thing is that people are upgrading their, their living environment because they're spending more time there. So it makes sense that it's a much more enjoyable place to spend that time. So, yeah, we're definitely seeing an increase in 
in what people are looking to do with their their homes and it's definitely beneficial for our industry with the increases is come challenges also too agent like the uh, components shortage because of yeah, you know manu- manufacturing um in asia and around the world uh and even a recent uh fire that's happened into a chip um manufacturer in, in japan has had flow-on effects through our industry uh for dsp chips um, and huge delays. Um, we've had delays across all sorts of products. So if someone is is keen, like your customers are keen, definitely engage and talk with you and uh, don't be afraid to actually uh, go, I don't know what this, whatever it is, X, Y, Z, I'm prepared to pony up because you want to make sure that you've got it on the next shipment coming in because everything comes in, gets sold. It's hard yeah, to get we, here. We've definitely touched on the supply chain issues that we've faced yep. in business. Like It's not you know, exclusive to you guys or HDMI in general. I mean, we've had Sonos, massive delays with Sonos product and um, that's a whole person. I've got a bit of a personal beef with the way they're allocating stock, but, um, you know, there are definitely supply chain problems across the board. I think people are even seeing it in, you know, other industries and other parts of not necessarily strictly electronics. Um, but, yeah, it's, there's more people buying more stuff and it's harder to get around the globe at the moment, which generally makes it just harder to get. Mm. So That's the challenge. And then working from home, I mean, you guys aren't in the networking. We see seeing people, you know, needing networking and yeah. other just well, infrastructural things implemented. Yeah, there's, there's a big trend towards the work at home now and making sure, like even the gear that we've got here today, making sure that you've got good podcasting gear, good microphones, because it's not unusual. And you can see it now on you know Sunrise Show, Today Show, lots of people uh, getting a broadcast straight from their actual computer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we accept that now. requirement now, video, video, you know, you know, video, video um, conferences and stuff, everyone working remotely and it's harder for – I moved to Queensland, as everyone well, you know and people who listen to the podcast know. I moved to Queensland and getting back and forth to my business in Sydney wasn't necessarily the easiest thing in the world, nor did it fill me with confidence flying back to Sydney, leaving the family in Queensland, knowing that that border can get shut within a few hours and you can't get back. So That's right. Um yeah, being able to do these remote working environments is definitely a, a, a challenge that we're all sort of wrestling with at the moment. Yep. So, yeah, cool. And you, you're you not travelling too much now? You used to get around a fair bit. You're yeah, I was, I was travelling out, out yesterday into northern New South Wales to go and see a few people, keeping the whole COVID safe thing. I've got some uh, wipes inside of the car, just trying to still engage with people. You're still going to see people... Um, uh, you know, doing yeah, the Queenslanders are the rules that you Queenslanders have got to follow are definitely a unique uh, to your own environment. That's for sure. They make them up special Queensland rules there. <laughs> Pop the mask on as you drive through Brisbane. Makes depends. It depends if you're la- Labor or Liberal. Labor or Liberal is <laughs> different. Different rules. Yeah, very good. All right, Paul. Well, thank you very much for jumping on, and um, we appreciate thank your you. time. Thanks, yep. Paul. Thank you very much. For any Thanks, of our Jack. listeners who want to reach out, how can they find more information on AudioActive? So AudioActive, we have a dedicated brand site and it's brands.audioactive.com.au. We have all of our brands there. It's a little micro site and we do link out from there to the other vendor's site. 
Um, and that's a, a good way to get in touch there also. I mean, talk to Aiden, talk to me. You'll get um, bolstered service. Awesome. Thanks so much, Paul. Thank you. Well, that wraps up another episode here on the Home Tech Talk podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media at Home Tech Talk and subscribe to keep up to date. Next week, we'll be discussing all things KNX. We'll catch you then.